All right. I guess we are live. Um, and it's time to begin again. Uh, welcome. <laughs> Some last technical things. Uh, welcome to everyone who's here. Thank you for coming. And I guess we'll start like this. Oma Gyana Tamarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Maha. One day. Gurum, Ishabhaktan, Isham, Ishabhatarakan, Tat Prakasham, Tatach Tati, Krishna Chaitanya Sangakam. One day, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityanando, Soho Dato, Godo Daye Pushpavanto, Dutro Shando Tamo Nudo, Panchakopa, Tribrascha, Kripa Sindhu Vya Vacha, Patitanam Pavanapio, Vaishnav Abio Namo Nama. Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita, Godadhar, Shivas Adigova Bhakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. All right, here we are for um, Dasya Sakya Vaidhi Rag. What, so what, now what, part two. And following in the footsteps of Padmanabha Swami, I will try to give a brief summary of what was covered in the previous class, but not following in the footsteps of Padmanabha Swami, it will probably be a very brief summary. <laughs> Basically, uh, as an ex, and I thank Padmanabha Swami for forcing me into doing this, what we are doing, because it is making me read and think more about this subject matter than I would have otherwise. Um, basically, we're just uh, trying to go into a subject a little bit more deeply, trying to understand servitude, friendship, uh, in relation to ultimately how Dasya, Sakya, Aishvarya, Rag all come together in the form of Dasya Bhava for Goranga. There's a special type of servitude that devotees have for Lord Gora and Gora Leela. And in addition to that, while examining various Shastras in relation to the friendship of Sudama Vipra, the servitude of Hanuman, and then the servitude of various servants in Braj, and also the servitude of various servants in Gora Leela. 
while doing that, we will ask ourselves these questions. What? So what? Now what? Which is a type of reflection that is often used in experiential learning or outdoor education and other things. Um, in brief, what is, what, what sticks out to me as important while considering these stories and instructions? So what, why is this important to me personally in my pursuit of bhakti? Now what? Uh, how could I possibly use this important thing that uh, came out to me while I am engaged in reading, hearing, discussing the pastimes of the Lord and his devotees. So <clears throat> that is a brief summary, very brief of whatever we talked about last time. This time, uh, uncharacteristically, it seems that we are actually going to go into the subject that I said we were going to last time. Oftentimes, I'll say that we're going to do something and I switch it up. But this time, it's true. We're going to look at the 80th and 81st chapters of the 10th canto of the Sriman Bhagavatam, uh, which deal with the Brahmin Sudama visiting Krishna in Dwaraka, and then also Sudama Vipra being uh, reflecting upon how that visit went. I have faith that since we are gathering here together, and by the combined efforts and intentions of myself, my wife, and those who are here with us, and those who will, if anyone else will listen to this, something useful will come of it. All right. I guess we'll just jump in. I think. Most of us know the Srimad Bhagavatam is a story that is told. Really, it's, it comes from a person named Parikshit Maharaj being cursed to die within seven days. And then basically he was asking a learned person Shukadeva Goswami. I'm about to die. What should we talk about? What should we do? And so far, the first, there are 12 cantos in this long story. And we are finding ourselves in the 10th canto, which is um, really discussing the pastimes of Lord Krishna after the first nine cantos of discussing. Lord Krishna as well, but uh, really a, a big uh, prequel to this 10th canto. And we're 
kind of towards the end of the 10th canto. And this particular chapter starts with Parikshit Maharaj uh, really saying, we have heard a lot um, about the Supreme Personality of Godhead Mukunda. I would like to hear more. <laughs> uh, and uh, before uh, he, he says that, how could anyone who knows the essence of life give up the transcendental topics of Lord Krishna after hearing them again and again? In fact, actual speech is that which describes the qualities of the Lord. Real hands are those that work for him. And a mind that, a real mind is one that is always remembering Krishna. He goes through the different real ears or those that hear about Krishna. Um, some of you may be noticing echoes of, I think it's the second canto, where there's some bellows mentioned and uh, just how really the, all the different organs and our senses are really meant to serve Krishna. So after that, Sutta, let's see, Sukadeva Goswami says, Lord Krishna had a certain Brahmin friend, Sudama, who was most learned and Vedic knowledge detached from all sense enjoyment. Basically, Sudama was a great Brahmin, but due to circumstances, he was very poor. So in his poor condition, uh, it is said that you could see, he was so skinny that you could see his veins through his arms. I'm not very skinny. You can't see my veins. Um, and so his wife being worried about him was suggesting isn't it true that the husband of the goddess of fortune is your friend? That greatest of Yadavas, the Supreme Lord Krishna, is compassionate to Brahmins and very willing to grant them his shelter. She talked to her husband in such a way, she knew that he was not going to be inclined to go ask Krishna for something. So his wife, really her motivation being she was worried about Sudama being so poor. She thought, maybe, maybe he'll do this. <laughs> he, he's not very interested in uh, making a material life or getting riches or anything just for the sake of the household or um, doing his, this kind of duty, but Maybe going to see Krishna would be interesting to Sudama. And even if I know he, he may go and not ask 
Krishna for anything, but that's fine because Krishna is surrounded by rich people. Uh, Krishna himself is very opulent. So even just like going in that direction, uh, being in Dwaraka, even if Krishna isn't there right now, there's a lot of kings, a lot of rich people. He'll show up and Sudama is a Brahmin and something may come of it. At first, Sudama was not very inclined to go see Krishna under those circumstances, but having seen that his wife, not cornered him, but she, she basically it came down to, oh, this is a good excuse to go see Krishna. I'll go see him. <laughs> that sounds nice. <laughs> I'll go see him. So before going, uh, they had to figure out something. He was like, I'm not going to see my friend without bringing something. So Sudama's wife went to some neighbor, neighbors and uh, begged four palmfuls of flat rice. Uh, rice that was not considered to be so nice. So um, she took a broken piece of cloth, tied those uh, four palmfuls of rice in the cloth, and then he tied that around his waist. Kind of like a little money belt, but it was a flat rice improvised belt. Anyway, <laughs> Sudama wondered, uh, he, he started on his trip. He was like, all right, here we go. How am I even going to get in? But before we get to there, I, I, I want to think about this idea of asking, asking the Lord for something. Um, I was at Madan Gopal's house the other day, dropping, I think picking up, picking up my daughter. And, and I was on my way to look at a piece of land. And uh, we have been looking for a piece of land that would be more suitable for cows and such. Somehow or other, our family <clears throat> has a few cows that we try to look after. So when I saw Mudden, Mudden was like, I would wish you good luck on uh, getting this piece of land. It, just to show how uh, devotees are in this whole idea of asking for something. He was like, I would wish you good luck, but we know everything's going to happen how it's supposed to happen. And I was like, yeah, I don't even know to ask if I should ask for good luck or not, because <laughs> Krishna knows better than uh, us what's good for us anyway. And that was our exchange. I guess maybe normal people would say, I hope you get it. Uh, good luck in your endeavor. <laughs> but here we were, uh, mudding. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm not going to wish you good luck. And here I was. Thanks. You know, I, I appreciate that idea. So um, not saying we're like Sudama, you know, uh, we're not like him, but 
a little bit. Uh, we try to be. So, um, yeah, this idea, he was just going to go see his friend. And in that case, really, uh, Mudd and Gopal and I, we had the great benediction of thinking about Krishna uh, while we saw each other and, and knowing that our circumstances are whatever they are. Anyway, I digress. So, Sudama, he was wondering, how am I going to get in there? There's these three big gates that you got to go through. Um, and it turned out it wasn't really too much of a problem. He, he just merged with the other Brahmins and the Brahmins were let through because Brahmins were appreciated. And then he went up to one doorstep of a palace and, and he just stood there outside the door it's like, uh, um, it turned out that he was outside the palace of Rukmini. Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur tells us that the Padma Purana tells us that. So I take his word for it because I'm doubting I'll ever get around to reading the Padma Purana. Um, so anyway, it was Rukmini's palace. One other little digression, um, just in this world of opulence, of all these gates, um, we've heard the story of the Guru Maharaj sometimes tells of a devotee who was trying to get into a particular temple in India which was a more Aishvarya type temple. And he, this devotee had kind of gone a different route than Gaudiya, maybe the Ramanujacharya route. And he was trying to get in and no one would let him in. And it seemed like he was doing the things that his, you know, the Ramanuja Sampradaya asked for and whatnot. And finally in a frustration he said Hare Krishna and then since he said Hare Krishna they were like oh you're a Hare Krishna we'll let you in um I had a, a similar occurrence because we were hanging out with Padmanabha Swami and we went to an Aishvarya temple uh a Sri Venkateshvar temple and Somehow or other, they, they just, we were just like these country bumpkins. But since we had something to do with Krishna and since we had something to do with Padmanabha Swami, uh, they said, here, uh, just come in here, close to the deity, into this special room right in front of the Lord. So just, it's interesting to note uh, having some connection with Krishna gets you into all kinds of very difficult doors. Uh, and that was, that was the case with Sudama. So at that time, Lord Achuta was seated on his consort's bed, but spotting the Brahmin at some distance, the Lord immediately stood up, went forward to meet him with great pleasure, embraced him. The lotus-eyed Supreme Lord felt intense ecstasy upon touching the body of his dear friend, 
the wise Brahmin, and thus he shed tears of love. At this point, the Lord uh, started to worship his friend, Sudama, uh, offering various tokens of respect and uh, anointing him and doing all the proper things with sandalwood and a guru and uh, kumkum pastes uh, and incense and lamps and even at the end uh, gave him fatal nut and a cow <laughs> and after doing all that he he welcomed him uh, at this time Rukmini was fanning Sudama with a fan uh, and it's described that the Brahmins clothes were torn and dirty and so thin it's mentioned again that his veins could be seen uh, so with this scene the people in the royal palace were like who is this you know Krishna he's he's the king of all of us we got Rukmini the goddess of fortune is worshiping this fellow but he's got these torn cloth and veins sticking out they're like who is this we want to know um what pious acts has this unkempt impoverished brahmin performed people regard him as lowly and contemptible yet the spiritual master of the three worlds the abode of goddess shri is serving him reverently leaving the goddess of fortune sitting on her bed the lord has embraced this brahmin as if he were an older brother So while they were wondering that, Krishna took Sudama's hands in his and looked at him and said, basically, my dear Sudama, do you remember that we went to Gurukul together? Do you remember what it was like being in the ashram of our guru? Do you recall that time that we went to go get wood for our guru's wife? We did that. We went out to get wood. And as we were doing it, a big storm came. While caught in that storm, the sun went down. We, was, we were still carrying the wood, but we couldn't tell our way back because the flooding covered up the ground we spent the night together the next day our guru Sandipani Muni showed up and was very pleased with what we had done let's see if we can want to find the let's see oh and Krishna said my dear friend he who gives a person his physical birth is his first spiritual master. He who initiates him is his second spiritual master. Is someone who teaches a person about me is the most important spiritual master. Now, this is a, as we're going along, I guess I haven't mentioned anything about this, but this is an 
interesting uh, thing about this whole deal is that, I mean, there's many interesting points about this and my uh, observation is meager, but um, I've just been thinking about this idea that Sudama is a Brahmin, a learned Brahmin. He's a Brahmin by quality um, and by his actions. He's wise. He knows what's what. He knows who Krishna is, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Aishvarya. He knows that the uh, that um, by serving Krishna, uh, anyway, he knows everything about that. At the same time, he, as is going to be said, let's see, where is it? He has that, yeah, here it is. It, it was actually at the end of this verse. But the person who bestows, this is Krishna speaking. This is Krishna, God, speaking to his friend, a Brahmin who's also his servant because Krishna's God and Brahmins serve God, but, the, but he's also a friend. <laughs> All this is going on at once. So, cause I, and it's one thing that jumped out at me after rereading these chapters is this idea, because I was trying, not that you can wrap your brain around this, but I was trying to understand this idea of Sakya with Aishvarya. This idea that, okay, I know that Krishna is God, but he's my friend. They don't exactly go together. So, and this idea, okay, that Sudama is a Brahmin. Sorry if I'm repeating myself. He's a Brahmin who knows what's what with the absolute truth, but he's sitting in front of the absolute truth, who is his friend. And Krishna is telling the Brahmin about spiritual masters. First one is the one who gave you birth. Second one gives you like initiation into being a Brahmin. And the third one, but the person who bestows transcendental knowledge upon the members of all the spiritual orders of society is one's ultimate spiritual master. Indeed, he is as good as my own self. We've heard that before. The spiritual master is as good as Krishna. Now, Krishna is saying this to his buddy, who is his god brother, reminiscing upon them serving the guru. It, it's just... Oh, so um, onward. Certainly, O Brahman, of all the followers of the Varnashram system, those who take advantage of the words I speak in my form as the spiritual master and thus easily cross over the ocean of material existence, best understand their true welfare. Krishna continues, I, the soul of all beings, am not as satisfied. I am, I am not as satisfied by ritual worship, Brahminical initiation, penances, 
or self-discipline as I am by faithful service rendered to one's spiritual master. It just seems so interesting to me that Sudama as a kid was hanging out with Krishna and they pleased their spiritual master. I'm trying to get to that point of what Sandipani Muni says when he caught up to Krishna. Sandipani said, oh, my children, you have suffered so much for my sake. Body is usually the most dear to a person, but you have given up your own comfort to serve me. This indeed is the duty of all true disciples to repay the debt of their spiritual master by offering him with pure hearts, their wealth and even their very lives. You boys are first class Brahmins and I am satisfied with you. May all your desires be fulfilled and may the Vedic mantras you have learned never lose their meaning for you in this world or the next. So the guru was obviously pleased with Sudama. All Sudama's desires, and Krishna just said that the guru is non-different from Krishna. So by pleasing Sandipani Muni way back when, Sudama Vipra has already pleased Krishna. And then Krishna went on to say, and many, many other things just like that happened between the two of us. I see a nice comment that Madan put from Jiva Goswami's commentary. Um, that the example shows that by suffering together, the two established firm friendship. So that being in the Guru Kul together and then suffering together, Krishna and Sudama, for the service of the Guru is uh, what helped establish a firm friendship. And I think, I believe, many of us uh, can, can identify with that. Uh, if we have been brahmacharis or uh, served the mission uh, together and undergone sufferings for the guru, for Krishna, uh, for the mission, then in many cases, that forms a firm bond with people that we have done so with. And that was the case with Krishna and Sudama. So anyway, um, Sudama reflecting upon that, uh, he said, what could I possibly have failed to achieve, O Lord of Lords, O universal teacher, since I was able to personally live with you, whose every desire is fulfilled at the home of our spiritual master? Uh, so it's just interesting. Um,
all this talk of all desires being fulfilled, of Sudama considering that his life was already perfect. Oh, can you? Yeah, yeah. Kula Pavanas, uh, we have to fix the mic. Is it work? It's good. Okay. Um, so Sudama and uh, Krishna reminiscing about old times. And at a certain point, not at a certain point, Krishna already knows. Uh, this is an interesting feature of this. Okay. Krishna already knows why Sudama is here. Krishna knows everything. Uh, Krishna knows that Sudama brought a, a present for him. Krishna knows that Sudama is embarrassed to bring that present forward. Nonetheless, Krishna says, what have you brought me today? <laughs> and Sudama was unable to bring it forward. Um, actually, uh, even uh, Krishna assured him, he said, even if it's not much, I assure you that I will like it very much. And Sudama knows that Krishna knows everything. But at the same time, Sudama was like, I am not bringing forth my little chipped rice to Krishna. And he just put his head down and did nothing. Um, one interesting tidbit is that Krishna then said, right before, he said, Patram Pushpam Palam Toyam Yome Bhaktya Prayachati Tadaham Bhaktyuparitam Ashnami Prayatatmanaha. Some of you have probably heard that one before. And it appears word for word in the Bhagavatam. Uh, that is also from the Bhagavad Gita. And he assured, he just said, if one offers me with love and devotion, a leaf, a flower, fruit, or water, I will accept it. I will eat it. Uh, there in the commentary, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur mentions that if it's offered with love and devotion, Krishna will eat a flower. You know, a flower. We usually smell them. But he said that, you know, Krishna will do it like that. He was trying to reassure Sudama. Uh, but he took it. Krishna took it. And uh, started to take a palmful and ate it. And uh, at that time, he was going to go for more, but his wife, Rukmini, stopped him. Rukmini stopped Krishna from eating more. And apparently, many things were said to different people without words, <laughs> as is done. Um, it, it seemed like Rukmini indicated to, um, let's see, what was it? <laughs> it, Rukmini indicated to Krishna not to eat anymore because uh, he had that Krishna had already since Krishna was satisfied by this rice that meant that he Krishna had eaten enough to bestow wealth upon Sudam he didn't need to eat anymore and then uh, on the other hand 
what was it? One reason given of not allowing Krishna to eat more was that it would be bad for his digestion. Um, I think, and then on the other hand, I, I think that's what was indicated to Sudama. It was like Rukmini was looking at Sudama and said, we don't want him to have more because it'll be bad for his digestion. Rukmini was looking at Krishna and saying, don't take any more because you've already taken enough to bestow all kinds of opulence upon Sudama. And she also indicated to the people who are around, we're not going to let Krishna take any more because I want to make sure that we're going to save some for everyone else. Because they wanted to make sure that every all the maidservants and every other person in the palace could also get this special flat rice prasad. Just an interesting uh, thing. Um, so as Krishna was forcibly taking this rice, a thought momentarily went into his mind and he thought to himself, how did this even happen? Because Sudama He's a great devotee of Krishna. He's my friend. He pleased his spiritual master. He should have all desires fulfilled. This doesn't seem, how, how did this even happen? And as he was thinking that thought, he kind of answered his own thought. It's interesting to note that Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur mentions that there's kind of two ways that devotees look at material opulence. One way is that they reject it. They are adverse to it. They don't want it. The other way is that they are indifferent to it. They could have it or not, and they don't care. It just so happens that Sudama was of the first variety. He actively rejected <laughs> material opulence. <laughs> and that's why he didn't have any, because he didn't want it. And he got exactly what he wanted, which was no material opulence. Interesting, huh? But in association with his wife, when and his wife was of a similar manner, until she saw that this lack of material opulence was hurting her husband. <laughs> and then she became indifferent to material opulence. And when Sudama saw that his wife wanted him to beg something of Krishna, he also became indifferent to material opulence. I don't know that. <laughs> so, and since it involved going to go see Krishna, he was like, okay, I guess, I guess I'll, ex I'll accept material opulence if it has to come. And since he shifted his desire 
and he was now open to material opulence, uh, he got it immediately. But Krishna didn't give it to him, um, didn't give him anything in person to him. So Sudama went to sleep, slept in the palace, and then started home the next day. And reflecting, he thought, man, that was great. I saw Krishna. And he didn't give me anything. And that was awesome. Because if he would have given me something, that would have been bad for my spiritual life. And since Krishna's kind, he didn't give me anything. But man, that was awesome seeing Krishna. So he's walking home, and then he gets to where his home is, uh, is and he, um, he, instead, he sees like palaces uh, and people and stuff. Uh, and I think it said that it, uh, the effulgence was more than com the combination of, I think, the sun, the moon, and fire, <laughs> something like that. You know, it was like, what? And, and then uh, this, and then he, he noticed that these people coming towards him were his servants. And then they were happy to see their master. And here we go with Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur again. And he mentioned in the purport to that, that since upon first arriving, when Sudama noticed that these people must be my servants, he then accepted them because he thought that Krishna wanted me to have these servants. And as soon as Sudama accepted the servants in his heart, at that point, the servants recognized Sudama as their master. I'm mentioning that just because so everything runs upon intention and desire. And it seems like as soon as, at many points in this past time, as soon as someone's desire changed a little bit, then everything changed. Sudama was against material opulence. Then he became indifferent. They went to see Krishna, then he got it. Um, and this whole idea, even between him and these people, you know, he, he accepted them as servants. And then they saw him as that relationship was formed through an acceptance inside. And all this stuff works kind of like that. So Sudama saw a beautiful woman who seemed like a demigoddess coming towards him. And then the people around assured him that it was his wife. Uh, and up to that point, also, Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur mentioned that Sudama was still in his torn clothes and his veins were showing, but only so that his wife would know who he was. Um, and as soon as he noticed him and his wife got together on this thing, then he got a young body that was also beautiful. And it said that Sudama, even after getting all these things, 
he still slept on the ground and he still engaged in his brahminical activities. And he was, he doubled down on his efforts not to be uh, affected by it. But that is kind of one telling of this, this story of Sudama Vipra. Uh, I mean, I see Madan Gopal gave us another comment. Let's see. As Krishna Chaitanya is discussing the blurring of the lines between Dasya, Sakya, some lines from the same commentary that give a similar idea of reverence going both ways, being challenged to bring out friendship. Krishna addresses Sudama as Brahman frequently to destroy his shyness and fear. Calling out to him, making the friendship firm, he makes him raise his head in order to see Krishna and thus give him joy. So it sounds like Krishna was trying to worship Sudama in order to bring Sudama's friendship out. I think that's what uh, that comment is saying, that the purpose uh, behind, so Sudama was seeing Krishna as God, as a king, and then Krishna was trying to say, it's okay, I'm worshiping you too. Let's worship each other. <laughs> We're in it together. Oh, and this brings me another thing uh, to point out this idea of um, just what kind of person Krishna is. And okay, we've got Aishvarya, but as we've been told by our Guru Maharaj, the Aishvarya uh, oftentimes can make the Madhurya sweeter. Um, so Krishna, one reason that he gave the opulences that he gave to Sudama was that the way he was looking at it, Sudama came and he, Sudama gave more than Sudama's own riches to Krishna. Hopefully that makes sense. What I mean is that Sudama's wife begged from others an opulence to it was more than like their whole household combined. These four palmfuls of rice was more wealth than they had at their own disposal. So since Sudama had brought more wealth than he had at his disposal, Krishna thought to him, well, to properly reciprocate, I have to give Sudama more wealth than I have. Hopefully you follow. It's a friendly thing to think. Um, and, uh, he was like, oh, well, I just have to give him more than what the demigods have. So he ended up giving Sudama more riches than Indra has, and he felt bad about it. So you have on one hand, Sudama was feeling bad about the chipped rice, which was actually more wealth than he and his wife possessed. He felt bad about giving that. And then Krishna, on the other hand, felt bad about giving more opulence than Indra to Sudama. But really, both of them were just happy to see each other.
Well, I've spoken for a good amount of time and there's some things that I forgot to bring up that I won't bring up until next time. <laughs> and uh, next time we're going to hit on Hanuman. Uh, the reason that we're going to hit on Hanuman is because I guess I, did, I didn't really, hold on, hold on. <laughs> there are a couple of more verses I wanted to read that I'm now just remembering. And these are some verses that as he was going home, what Sudama said, I'm just trying to flip pages in my, my Kindle, which I'm still learning how to use. Let me find it. Okay, here we go. Although he had apparently received no wealth from Lord Krishna, Sudama was too shy to beg for it on his own. He simply returned home feeling perfectly satisfied to have had the Supreme Lord's audience. So Sudama thought, Lord Krishna is known to be devoted to the Brahmins, and now I have personally seen this devotion. Indeed, he who carries the goddess of fortune on his chest has embraced the poorest beggar. Who am I, a sinful, poor friend of a Brahmin? And who is Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead, full with six opulences? Nonetheless, he has embraced me with his two arms. This verse roundabout is going to bring us to Hanuman, just because in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it's mentioned that Marari Gupta once said this verse. And this is kind of where I was thinking, what? I, maybe it's a stretch, but that's where I'm following it. Uh, this kind of dasya, sakya, that together and then found in Gora Leela. We just want to travel back and see, okay, what is Hanuman's dasya about? And in comparing the Aishvarya Sakya of Sudama with the Aishvarya Dasya of Hanuman, and then the other Dasyas, what will this tell us about ourselves as sadhakas? As ourselves, uh, people trying to uh, make our path, and also what will it tell us about what that which we are striving for? Gora Dasya, which is a particular type that has some elements of Sakya with it. And as we'll cover later, some elements of Aishvarya and also Rag. Um, I just wanted to say that verse. So a couple other verses 
He treated me just like one of his brothers, making me sit on the bed of his beloved consort. And because I was fatigued, his queen personally fanned me with a yak tail charmer. Although he is the Lord of all demigods and the object of worship for all Brahmins, he worshiped me as if I were a demigod myself, massaging my feet and rendering other humble services. Devotional service to his lotus feet is the root cause of all the perfections a person can find in heaven and liberation and the subterranean regions and on earth, anywhere. Um, and then one more verse I'm going to find, and then I will stop. Miss that other verse that was mentioned by Jiva Goswami in relation to Dasya. Just an aside, Dasya Anga Bhakti. I'm going to paraphrase because we're going late now. Um, by Rupa Goswami is said, could be, some say that it's offering the results of your actions to the Lord. And others say it's a sense of I am the Lord's servant. And according to the author, it's the second. It's the sense that I am the Lord's servant. <laughs> and that um, it's not simply uh, giving or offering uh, things that we have to the Lord. It is this idea that I am the Lord's servant. And one half of one verse that was quoted to support this idea is another verse of Sudamas, and it's this. The Lord is the supremely compassionate reservoir of all transcendental qualities. Life after life, may I serve him with love, friendship, and sympathy. And may I cultivate such firm attachment for him by the precious association of his devotees. There we have it, service. Uh, so Rida, same heartedness is there. Uh, there's a lot of connections between the uh, guru disciple relationship. There's a, uh, this uh, firm friendship, but yet service. Uh, there are connections. Um, this whole idea of how we should associate with each other as devotees. Uh, hopefully we have affectionate, like-hearted, advanced association. Uh, we're, we're seeing this idea of service, but yet friendship in many aspects. Also, um, a thing that makes a madhyama, a madhyama is he makes friends with the devotees, helps the innocent, avoids envious, loves Krishna. But we have it there again, service, friendship, doing what we're supposed to do at the same time with our heart in it as much as we can. Um, I feel like I've just kind of gone on at this point, if there's any questions, comments, concerns, or if anyone uh, thought that something stuck out to them that was useful to your own personal life, you, you could share what that was that stuck out. So what, why is it 
useful to you. And now what? What's one way you think you might could use that in your life? I don't have to. There it is. Sriman Bhagavatam Kija. Sudama Vipra Kija. Does that? Is some, no, okay. I don't know. Madan Gopal, you got anything else to add? All right. I'm not seeing anything. Thank you for joining me. Bancha Kalpa, Chubrascha, Kripa Sindhu, Bihai Vacha, Patitana, Bhavanavyo, Vaishnavavyo, Namo Namaha.